King's Dream Live podcast and show where creatives come to be encouraged, inspired, empowered, all that good stuff. I'm here with uh, Pastor Pat Lynch of the Movement Church and of the Morning After podcast. And we are, we're back. This is season two. I think your episode from the first uh, series before we even did video was probably, I think, the most popular one in terms of plays and response. So, um, yeah, so I'm excited. Uh, we got the video going. We got we got the we got the questions on deck. Uh, we're going to be taking some of your guys' questions. But um, what's new? You guys launched a podcast at the Movement. Yeah, um, that's been really cool. I listened to a couple episodes. You belief and Ashley. Ashley. She, yeah, she she's a she she's she's part of our our church community, and she she has a background in journalism and does a lot of social media stuff for us. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, it was exciting. And, and truthfully, I mean, I, not because I'm sitting with you, but um, you know, my relationship with you and and belief is has you know been over years. And you just yes, encouragement. Yeah, man. I think to step outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. Which you know, people who know me to to I, I'm communicating on a platform, a physical platform, on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. and speak at conferences. But to like. Going into this whole world of podcasts, seeing what you guys are doing as a creative myself, it's inspiring. And so, yeah, and you guys yeah. talk about some cool stuff. You guys talk about everything from social issues, yeah, uh, obviously faith and God related things to creative things. And that is that is that in the podcast app now, or is it just on the Movement Church app? Now you can actually go in the podcast app. Okay, dope. Yeah, yeah. There's multiple places you can get it. You can get it. Uh, you can listen directly to that off of our. Organization app. That's the easiest way to, for them to check it out. Yeah, is the, the Movement Church app. Yeah, um, which is a cool app, and like, there's the sermons are in there and all that yep. kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. So I wanted to jump in. Um, I'm kind of on this kick of hard work. Uh, you know, we're dealing, and I think your voice is very valuable. Uh, we're dealing with a you know a, a new generation of people that are hitting the marketplace and trying yeah. to figure it out. Yeah. You great. You gave a great sermon on Sunday. All you guys, um, check it out in the Movement app or on the Movement.org. And there was a segment where you talked about, you know, you're not a sports expert. I'm not. But one of the things that uh, are huge is fundamentals and God challenging you in your walk with fundamentals. Yeah. And you talked about the, the, the players who have the fundamentals end up doing better than the guys that just want to jump on a court, dribble through their legs. Shoot the three. Shoot the three. Yeah. Break that down because that was such a really like a cool moment in the service. And I think... It's very practical to our faith, but yeah. I think it's just practical to life. So can you kind of explain that 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 part and what like the heart of that was? Yeah, you know, the, for me, I mean, chiefly, and I, I like to keep things for me out of a place of personal revelation. And that just as I was coming into this year, I was just really spending time asking God, like, God, what is it that you're getting after my heart that you want me to do? And he just brought me back to this idea of fundamentals and fundamentals being, you know, when I when I look around the landscape of, let's say, creatively as a musician or um, even just being a father, being a husband or whatever it is I'm doing, I realize that I want all of the all of the fruits of the labor of people that are doing fundamental things, but I'm not always willing to put in the hard work and right. do the fundamental things that need to get there. Right. So one of the words that's really interesting, so you, you talk about just being, you know, that hard work, mm-hmm. that process of just working hard at something. And so my language that I've been using, interestingly enough, is uh, am I willing, my challenge is am I willing to be uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. Am I willing to embrace the discomfort? Yep. 
of actually taking something that seems like it's monotonous and pointless mm-hmm. and this is ritual or religious and am I willing to take it and work that thing and discipline that thing enough in my life where it be, it begins to produce fruit that ultimately I want, but I just, when it comes down to it, to your point, uh, I was listening to, to one of you. I just want the fruit. <laughs> I don't want to have to do any of the work to be a good dad right. or be successful. And, and so yeah. I think that's where we're seeing culture right now. Yeah. And that's where the hangup right now is, is we all want the benefits right. of the package. We just don't want to have to do any of the work. We don't want to be uncomfortable. And my challenge right now to people is, what part of your life are you uncomfortable? If you're not, get uncomfortable. Yeah, and you you talked about in the sermon where you said, you know, these guys, Kobe Bryant, and um, just these freak basketball players mm-hmm. do, uh, they'll, they'll shoot 400 free throws before and 400 free throws after the game. Every, yeah. You know, a lot of times that they, and they're there before everyone gets to practice and stay yeah. after, after everyone leaves. And we look at them and we say, well, they're just lucky. Well, they're just talented. Yeah. But, but, but there's some level of luck and talent there, but they actually put in the work. And you said life. You said, well, you said, you said the game doesn't come doesn't come down to who's gonna do the big slam dunk flashy move. No, it comes down. The close games come down to free throws. Always at the end of the game, you know, at the, at the end of whatever it is that you're going after. I ne- I've never watched a close game in the NBA. And again, I'm not I'm not a sports freak, but everyone watches the finals though right. the NBA. You know, so it's like I've never watched that game come down to, you know, gosh, you know, Kobe Bryant had 27 dunks at the last two minutes of the game no the the, the reality is is this is what happens they the team puts the ball in the hands of the greatest guy on the court he gets fouled and he has to go to the line and he keeps his team in a position of succeeding by repeating the fundamental things that he was willing to practice so it's the question is which is free throws which is, which free is throws. the bo- most boring thing to do is which, to work on your free throws man and so so this is the question are you willing to do the things that no one else is willing to do in order to have a life that no one else has Whew. wow yeah that's good yeah that that's that, good. that like so and, and that's, that's personal yeah. for me and that and that goes into every aspect from your personal devotional time to uh you know time with the family to, to whatever work, it is to whatever it is it goes back to those fundamental things and doing the things that no one is even going to praise you for they're not even going to see it they're oh, not even going to see it oh, yeah <clears throat> like nobody knows until after the fact no you know cuz like like an artist we've seen this they were like we're like where'd this artist come from mm-hmm. they just hit the scene and it's like no you didn't see that artist grinding from right. city to city in a 15 passenger van right you know, with a bunch of smelly dudes <laughs> having to pile into some cheap, horrible motel, yep. you like you didn't see all the things that person was willing to do. Mm-hmm. You're just seeing when, when when they pop on the market, right. and, and we, then they're an overnight success. And we, but, <laughs> but there is no such thing as overnight right. success. Right. And in fact, I will tell you that the success wasn't happening at the moment that you saw them. That they were actually successful the ten years prior to that when they were doing the things in the quiet, in mm. the dark, and in the secret mm. that led them to the moment that they were standing on the stage receiving the Grammy. And that's the moment we all want. Right. That's good. That's good. Now you do triathlons. Yeah. Explain that to me. <laughs> and, and I heard through through belief that there that that for you it's almost like a little meta- metaphor of life. Yeah. So can you break down like just fitness and your heart for that and then how you see the parallel for life yeah super interesting i i i uh i dabbled in professional sports um as a surfer when i was much much younger like total 
other lifetime. And uh, I, uh, I was in horrible shape in, the, in this middle ground. I'm 43 now. And in this middle ground between 20, 21, and 43, I just went through this period of just being in horrible shape. And mm. uh, something grabbed a hold of me into cinema. I want Number one, I want to be fit. I got six kids. Mm-hmm. And so like, I want to be fit. Mm-hmm. But I also love the challenge. Mm-hmm. And triathlons for me, and, and Belief and I were talking about this on one of our, our podcasts. People are like, this is crazy. What, you know, why do you do it? And I said, because the challenge for me is, is that the very principle that we just talked about, mm-hmm. about everyone sees the success of crossing the finish line in a triathlon, but that's not actually where you become successful. Mm. You become successful at managing the moments while you're training, and you become successful managing the moments in these three different disciplines. Because in a triathlon, you're going to go out and you're going to swim a distance. Mm-hmm. You're going to bike a distance and run a distance. And too many times in life, I think what we do is we compartmentalize life. And we, we look at life and, and we isolate things. And with a triathlon, you can't isolate each one of those because mm-hmm. I'm not going to just go swim. I'm not going to just go bike or run. I actually have to, I have to have a thought process that works in integration and not isolation. Mm. Wow. And the reality is, is in your life as a father and as a husband, and as an artist and as a business owner and as yeah. a person of faith and yep. all these other things that you are. Yep. We try to compartmentalize and isolate things, mm-hmm. and we say that well, I can run a hundred percent right out of the gates, mm-hmm. and I can and I can and I can keep that pace every other place in my life. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is you can't. That's good. And so it takes a it takes a level of maturity to say, you know what, I need to pace myself in the swim so that I have the ability to produce what I need to produce in the bike, and ultimately I'm going to crush it in the run. But you have to be able to finish. Right. If you want to finish strong at all, you got to be able to finish. Right. And so triathlon to me is just, it's number one, wildly challenging, and uh, and it's a mental game. Mm-hmm. And it also takes a level of looking at uh, this challenge and going, okay, there's some real basic fundamental things mm-hmm. that I need to do. Yeah. And if I do them and I let them actually take the work and just put put my energy into it mm-hmm. i'm gonna find balance yeah. and balance here's the other thing balance in your life is never a two-sided game mm. what we do is we say we need to spend more time with our family mm-hmm. so we push all of our chips into family time mm. and it tips this two-sided scale mm-hmm. and suddenly we're not spending time in this other thing we want to spend time with. Right. let's say as a creative in the studio writing right. creating right? right producing something right and w- the reality for me is, is that life is more like this idea of a triathlon. There's a third place and sometimes a fourth place. And all these things are pulling on you. Yeah. And you're never truly balanced. Right. It's you've got to make the adjustment in the moment that right now my son and my wife need me. Right. And I need to push more resource over there. Yep. And to someone from the outside, they may look at your life and go, you're out of balance. Mm. But for you, yeah. the way the wind's blowing, the way that it's hitting the sail in that boat that you call your life yep. – you're going, no, this is balance. Yep. But triathlon makes you physically pay. If you don't get it right, right. you're going to hurt later. <laughs> you're, you, you probably won't even you probably right. won't finish. You'll, right. you'll, you'll be throwing up and losing a bunch of other bodily fluids. And you said that, the, what, that the, there's three M's. Um, marriage, 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 marketplace, and ministry. Yeah. Break that down. Yeah. Essentially, you know, so the, I, I think, again, Belief and I were talking about these three aspects of triathlon, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swim, bike, and run. It's the same thing in life. There's really three M's that I can break any person's life down to. It's your marriage, 
Uh, it's your marketplace. Where are you working? Mm-hmm. Are you successful in that thing in the ministry that God's called you to? Mm-hmm. Some of us, for me, as a vocational pastor, my marketplace, where I where I earn my living, mm-hmm. um, it, it is also a ministry. But I will tell you that I also need to have ministry outside of my marketplace. So that challenges me. Wow, that's good. Yeah, because be- you could get real lazy and, and be like, well, cool, man. Like, I work at a church. Or like, I do music, and that's my marketplace and my ministry dude my 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 wife your wife i know a lot like there are best soundboards Mm -hmm. my wife looked at me the other day and she said um i wanted to go volunteer to do something Mm -hmm. and she goes you need to serve (laughs) and i I looked at her and she said no and and she you know anyone who knows my wife she she just looked at me and smiled she goes no i think you need to serve Mm. everybody needs to serve but so yeah the, the basis of the idea is there's those three m's in life uh, you have to decide what resource needs to go into each one of those. Typically, if you're feeling frustrated in life, I will tell you, or if you feel like you're suffering somehow, mm-hmm. one of those M's isn't in balance. Yeah. Uh, and typically, it's because if you quickly jot down, there's a there's an incongruent um, lineup of what your expectation is in one of those M's yeah. and what you're actually goes back to what you're saying, what effort you're actually putting into yep. it. Yep. Yep, that's good. And people, this is a question I get a lot. Like, how do you balance? How do you balance all these things? You know, yeah. and I'm like, dude, I don't. Like, I don't. You don't. You know? uh, I, I manage. There you go. Sometimes I have to fall way back and go really in on family time. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and feel guilty almost. Like, geez, I haven't been in the studio. I haven't done anything creative. Yeah. I've just been three days doing nothing but hanging yeah. out with my family. Um, yeah. And other times it's like, I'm gone for a week and it's really hard and, you know, FaceTime and that, that that's not enough, you know? Um, and so I think that that side of things is, is can be really tough as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've never, I don't, I don't know how to balance. I think, like you said, you got to just go where, where, where you feel like the, you know, you can sense, like you can sense, okay, I got to zone in and, and really spend time in the marriage. You know what I mean? I got to zone in and really go hard in the marketplace in this season. I got to zone in. What advice do you have in terms of young creatives who aren't married and don't have a family, but for whatever reason aren't feeling the same pressure or the same tangible, right? Because I feel like the older I've gotten, the more serious life has gotten. And the more I've learned to work harder, be 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 more intentional in my family. But like, 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 are you like, because I look at someone that's 18, 19, 20 years old, like, man, you guys got all the advantage in the world. You don't have yeah. a wife. You don't got no kids. Yeah. You, you, know, you barely go to work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, so those guys had an advantage or are they psychologically at a disadvantage because they actually don't even have all those same pressures and challenges um, <laughs> that that we do that like dude when I'm in the studio I gotta work because gotta work. I don't get a whole lot of you know I got babies to feed right yeah um, I think it's both I I, th- I think to be fair I think a friend of mine told me one time when my wife and I again we have six kids so when we had our first he said man everything's gonna change now and uh, him and I did business together and I said what do you mean he said you're not gonna have the luxury that we have now to make certain decisions or to step out on certain limbs because you have more responsibility now. And on the flip side, what I said to him was, is I said, yeah, but I actually think that the decisions I make are going to be more focused. Right, exactly. And and I'm going to go after them a little bit harder because now I have more to lose. Yep. 
I think the biggest thing that I'm trying to encourage in young people, I have an 18 year old who's getting ready to graduate high school. We were just talking last night and she, she, she's, um, she's trying to get into Stanford and, uh, and I think she's got a really good chance. Mm-hmm. Crazy enough mm-hmm. as that sounds. Mm-hmm. And we have to figure out how to pay for that. But, <laughs> um, you know, I told her, I said, you know, we, we were talking about investing. I said, and start investing now, get smart with your money now, mm-hmm. give yourself the ability now so that you, like manage that tension now. A mm. hundred bucks a month at eighteen is actually really difficult compared to me at forty three. Right. But when you're thirty five, mm-hmm. you're not going to feel the pressure of I really need to get my act together yep. because I got to think about when I'm sixty five. Right. And so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to back the train up a little bit. And yeah. really what I'm talking about is managing the tension of discomfort. Mm-hmm. So when you were talking, I think I think this whole idea of balance and whether it's a young person, a young creative. So if you're a young creative out there and you're listening, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the stuff that you have to say, Rue, is spot on for young creatives. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say to you, don't run from tension. Good. Um, you do have certain freedoms. Mm-hmm. I would actually challenge young creatives. Mm-hmm. Put yourself in positions where there is more tension. Mm. Because when there's tension, that's where, and this is the trick, we always want to remove or fix tension because we don't like discomfort. Mm-hmm. But it's only in tension that we grow. That's good. So I, 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 so, so, so run into the tension. I'd say find it, right? Yeah. So, so practically, um, what's the harder decision for my 18-year-old daughter? What's well, a harder decision for her to take $100 a month at 18 with no job, babysitting, doing whatever she is? Mm-hmm. It's harder for her to take that $100 a month and start investing money. Mm-hmm. But what I'm telling her is, is embrace the tension now because at the end of the road, yeah. it's actually going to give you more opportunity, more freedom. That's good. And so – Find those practical areas that you can run into yeah. and you can embrace the discomfort. You're going to be uncomfortable some point in your life. You are. Yep. yep. Like it is going – it's something you're going to run into. Yep. I'm saying embrace it up front. On the front end, yeah. Give you the freedom on the back end. That's good. That's good. Let's go into this question. I think this kind of, this kind of ties into a lot of what we've been talking about. This is a very heavy question. All right. And uh, I'll do my best. Yeah. I don't – I don't really have an answer for this. I have a couple ideas, but maybe you will. Um, all right. How do I make sense – how do I make sense of why some of my most spirit-led goals did not succeed? Do I just have to work harder or try a completely different approach? Is it not yet God's timing or simply not part of his plan? And when is and when the distinction is hazy, how in my heart do I know the difference? And then she goes on to say, God, God is always looking out for me and guiding me, but as I grow in faith, he doesn't show me the answers as clearly as before he makes me work for it. Um, and he says, <laughs> she says, don't just say to trust in him and step out in faith. Taking risks is incredibly hard for me, and I don't roll without clear and I don't roll well without clarity. I still need to rationalize things. This keeps me block. This keeps blocking me, and I need to get unstuck. So, yeah, that's a really good question. So the question is, how do I um, when people feel their most spirit led decisions when they're stepping out and they really feel like God is telling them to do something, but uh, it doesn't always succeed. Right? Yeah. Is this something that God's not giving you yet? Is it just not in His plan? Um, how do how do we know the difference? Yeah. Well, I, I would say first and foremost, I think sometimes uh, God can speak to us and say, "Hey, this is this is where I want you to move," mm-hmm. and then we have this big picture of what that is going to look like. Mm-hmm. So I would say first and foremost, maybe the very things that God wants to add to you, 
the weaponry, the tools, mm-hmm. to give you a bigger toolkit. Mm-hmm. Because the bigger purpose for maybe he's going to have for you down the road, mm-hmm. he needs you to walk through something now. Yep. So what happens is I think God sometimes can call you and say, hey, listen, I want you to start this business. You, you run this business, let's say. And the business ultimately fails. Mm-hmm. We think, well, God, God didn't speak to me. I didn't hear God. Mm-hmm. But maybe along the lines, what you learned in the failure of that business allows you to move on and become the CEO of one of the biggest corporations in that sector yep. in that segment. Yep. So I think what it is is it's my ability to understand that God is speaking to me and he's giving me enough clarity to pick my foot up and set it down in the next spot. Yep. I, ju- I, I just think... If God spoke to me perfectly and I knew everything, I'd screw it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good, and I and I definitely would agree in that. Um, everything that I'm doing right now, uh, I feel like God. Not to sound super spiritual, but God told me or was spirit yeah. led early, like 17, 16, yeah. 17. Like right when I got saved, yeah. I knew I would be making music. I knew I'd be making music that glorified Him, that pointed people to Him. I knew I would be. Um, in front of Christians and non-Christians playing churches and non-churches. And I knew that, um, did, I just knew that that was the vision for my life. But know? how many, how many failures? Oh yeah. Along yeah. the way, right? Tons ton, and, and tons. And you know what? And, uh, t- well, one, there's tons of failure Two, even now today. And I wake up and I'm like, dude, I'm pumped. Like I, I don't have a job. My wife can stay at home. This is literally dream scenario, but and so few people ever get to this point, but it's still not the way I envisioned it. It's still not what I expected. Right. It's still like, okay, cool, I'm here, yeah. but there's so much. One, there's so much more to go. There's so yeah. much more to do, but and it's not. None of it is the way you expected. That's right. And and so I think so. So that, but I think, I think one of the things that, again, as I'm dealing with a lot of artists and creatives, is that, um, I had to go do a bunch of stuff that I yeah. hated. Yeah to actually appreciate what it is that I do now, right? Yeah. And I think for you yeah. as a pastor, right? Yeah. Like you didn't necessarily set out to be the head pastor of a church, but like you did all these other things at that church. And it, and then now that you're finally in the position where like, okay, cool, I'm walking in what I, what I believe if we, if people know you can look back in hindsight, be like, this is exactly what you should have been doing, yeah. right? But you walk through being <laughs> the, the kids' pastor, everything. the janitor, the, e- you, the worship pastor, right? Everything, yeah. And it got you to that to the place you're at now. And so I think not being afraid to go and work a job you hate or do something that fills a practical need or go bivocational, right? Yeah. Uh, you were at one point the worship pastor, you were kind of transitioning to being the the executive pastor and you were working on an album and you were communicating occasionally for yeah. the platform. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like brutal. Super like, schizophrenic. Right, yeah, it was like brutal. Yeah. So like, to speak to that a little bit, like, like, dude, working a job is great, Yeah. right? Like, I, I read this article where they said there's like 5.9 million jobs right now that can't be filled that – pay 50 60 70 100,000 a year yeah because they're all dirty jobs that's right that people don't want to do people want to do but it. they're great paying jobs that's and, right. I, and i'm thinking like dude if you can go make a hundred thousand a year cleaning stuff work your 40 hours make a, you could take that and go put that into your business go do that for four or five years yeah and put that into your business and now yeah. you have a platform to launch from you don't yeah. need to borrow money or get investors right Man. but everybody yeah. just wants to i'm 18 i want to go do music full-time Dude, there's a lot in what you just said. Like my head, my, my head is like exploding right now. When uh, just cause, I mean, because I think what you're saying is so right on. 
Look, I think the younger you are, the more you feel like everything is permanent. The older Mm. you are, the more you feel like things are not permanent. Wow. Yep. So when you're young, it's hard. It's hard to see the job that you're doing that you hate as not being forever, Mm -hmm. because the mindset is like, I, dude, I got to do this forever. Mm. Every day becomes like eternity. Mm-hmm. And instead, I think the older I've gotten, I've realized, man, this thing that I'm doing that I don't like is the exercise in the gym that I hate that the personal trainer makes me do, <laughs> but allows me to run faster, yeah. jump farther, yeah. go higher, yep. and ultimately reap the rewards of what I want to see in life. Right. But what we talk about is we don't want to do these jobs because we don't like them. Mm-hmm. And there's so much that we're being given. There's so much growth in those really just horrible things. That, yep. I mean, no one wants to raise their hand and be like, I want to go do that. Mm-hmm. But I think if we look at the opportunities as investment, mm-hmm. someone is going to pay you and invest into your dream. Every job out there that potentially you look at that you say, I don't want to do that. That's not what I want to do in my life. Right. I don't see how that's going to help me. Right. Look at that job as a venture capitalist willing to pay you to gain experience, wow. to take with you yeah. so that you can now fund with mental resource, capacity you've learned, and money yep. the dream that you have. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And I think it's all in that process that that, that different people are in different places. And, and And I think when you do something you don't necessarily want to do, it'll quickly reveal and give you more passion for the thing that you do want to do. I think it gives you a lot of clarity yep. really quick about really what you're cut out for too. Yep. You know, um, s- something that you said, you know, you're living the dream because you don't have a job per se, but you own a business. Mm-hmm. You're running an organization. The flip side to all this is, is that your ability to embrace the jobs that you don't like to do early on that help fund and resource the dream job or the business that you want to own. The reality is is that you wake up in the morning and some of the tension that you feel in your life, Rue, and I know that I feel running an organization, Mm -hmm. is there's a lot of my week that I'm doing stuff that I don't want to do. Yep. And so I think the maturity is, hey, listen, if you want to climb some ladder or reach some place, right. you're always, even if you're the chief CEO, you're going to have to do things that you don't want to do. Yep. The job is going to require you to do stuff that you just don't like. Yep. Learn the lesson now and let yep. someone pay you for that. Yep. You're going to guarantee paycheck to learn that. Yep. 100%. So it, 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 100%. it doesn't ever and it change. Build, it builds character, integrity, work ethic. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. good. Um, well, there you have it. How could they find you, uh, get more information on you? Uh, movement church app yeah go to the movement.org um, download our app uh, the movement church app um, you can find our podcast on the podcast app uh, through iTunes um, yeah follow Pat at Pat Lynch Fox pretty much all the social media platforms what question do you have for the listeners do you have any question for the people that are listening and, and that you would want to hear from them you know what my biggest question is right now uh, and, and as I've been doing our podcast is what are the things that you uh, as a young creative, specifically young creatives, I'm talking like millennials down. What are the things that you're starving to hear from guys like me that are a little bit ahead of you? Mm-hmm. What are the things that you're starving to hear, and how, and how can we best speak into those things? Because I think what happens is guys that are sitting where I'm at, we feel afraid to speak because we feel like the generation doesn't want to listen. 
But the thing that you guys have been teaching me is, is that you guys actually, you guys are saying, we want to hear, give us good content. So I really genuinely am in a place where I'm having a lot of conversations with younger people and going like, what is it that you want to hear? What's your heart? And and, and what do you want me to speak into? That's good. So what do you guys want to hear? Leave a comment. uh, Leave a comment in the comments section. Tweet, all that good stuff. Thank you guys for checking us out. Make sure you're subscribed, following uh, Pat Lynch Vokes on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Ruslan KD. And if you like this, share it with some people. Thank you guys so much. Peace. Thanks, Ru.